The world of agriculture technology is vast and constantly evolving, with new innovations and companies emerging at a rapid pace. At AgTech Media Group, we understand the importance of staying updated and connected in this dynamic industry, and that's why we're thrilled to announce the launch of our new AgTech Company Directory, a comprehensive and user-friendly resource designed to help you navigate the complex landscape of AgTech innovators. More than just a list, it's a curated collection of companies leading the charge in transforming the AgTech sector from startups pioneering new farming methods to established companies adopting cutting-edge technologies. Our directory spans a wide range of leaders dedicated to advancing agriculture through technology. Whether you're a farmer looking for the latest in crop monitoring tools and investors seeking promising ag tech startups or a researcher interested in sustainable farming practices, ag tech directory is designed to cater to your specific needs. You can filter by sector, technology, size, or location to find exactly what you're looking for. To learn more and to claim your company listing, visit agtechcompanies.com. If you are starting a vertical farm and don't know where to begin or which technology would suit your needs, then reach out to the experts at Cultivated. As indoor farm brokers, they help connect you to the right technology and ensure your project is successful. Best of all, their service is free because they work on behalf of their partners. Visit cultivated.com to learn more. And that's spelled C-U-L-T-I-V-A-T-D.com or click the link in the show notes. I think when you have innovation, when you have a purpose in your company and you are facing worldwide trend that is helping people change their lives and get better, I think there's a lot to grow. And uh, and the food industry is, is one of the most beautiful things about it because there's no limits in the food industry and it's an industry that we all depend on. And there's always opportunity to innovate and there's always opportunity to do better. So definitely, that's why we, this is the biggest company we've built so far. Welcome to the Vertical Farming Podcast. Weekly conversations with fascinating CEOs, founders, and ad tech visionaries. Join us every week as we dive deep into the world of vertical farming with your host, Harry Duran. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Vertical Farming, ad tech, CEA. Greenhouse, hybrid solution, aficionados, you're in the right place. I know I call it the Vertical Farming Podcast, and uh, we get to be a little loose with that definition at times, because I think there's so many things that are happening in similar and adjacent spaces. So while we may not rigidly conform to that definition, I'd be interested to see specifically what what people's uh, thought on that is. As always, I'm happy to have you back. It is season five. It's been crazy the last couple of years, all the excitement around the show, all the buzz, and grateful for all the conversations I've been having through those first four seasons. And this season is going to be no exception. I'm kicking it off in grand style with an interview with Juan Gabriel Sucar. He is the co-founder of Verde Compacto. It's one of the first companies coming out of Mexico, and I couldn't think of a better way to kick off season five. From a global perspective, there's going to be so many great conversations. We've got John Purcell coming back for a round two, Vani Estes, Viraj Puri of Gotham Greens. Great conversation with Max Losol that's in the can of AgRolution. The team from Volt Server, Indoor AgCon, Vertical Future, Contain, NetLed, Jungle. So many, so many great conversations are queued up for season five. I'm really excited to share them with you. If you've missed past episodes, if you've missed past seasons, if you're new to this podcast, I highly, highly recommend you check out verticalfarmingpodcast.com and just take a peek at some of the past guests. I know you'll recognize a lot of the names. 
You heard it at the beginning of the show, but just another quick shout out to the team at Cultivated. I couldn't be more honored to be partnering with them again for season five. We do have sponsorship slots available all season five. So we've got a couple of new sponsors coming on board. If you are interested and looking for the best place to put your indoor ag tech marketing dollars, I might be biased, but I couldn't think of a better show to advertise on and support than this one as we're reaching some really interesting and well-connected folks in the space. So Harry at verticalfarmingpodcast.com if you want to have that conversation. Okay, as I mentioned, my conversation this week is with Juan Gabriel Sucar. He's the CEO and director of Verde Compacto, and it's the first vertical farming company coming out of Latin America. I think I said Mexico earlier. It's an organization that's dedicated to reinventing the food industry through technology, and Juan shares his origin story and how his passion for environmental sustainability led him to launch the company. We talk about the exponential growth of the industry, why mass education and proper hiring are crucial, and why government involvement in uh, such endeavors has been pretty lackluster, to say the least. Juan talks about some of the upcoming projects he and the team are working on that'll help transform the agri-food industry in Mexico and around the world. This episode is also brought to you by the Vertical Farming Weekly Newsletter. Each week, our team member, Noah, is bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of vertical farming. It's a great recap of things that have been happening at a high level in the industry and a reminder of the recent podcast episode for that week. So sign up today at verticalfarmingweekly.com. If you are a new listener, if you are a regular listener and you have not sent in your rating and a review, we're going to make sure that those get read out on future episodes. It's really easy. Just go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash VFP and yours will be the next one I read out on the next episode. Okay, so excited to be back on track with you. I wanted to have several episodes in the can to make sure we don't miss a beat and excited to kick this off. So let's jump into this conversation with Juan Gabriel Zucar. So Juan Gabriel Zucar, CEO and Director of Verde Compacto, thank you for joining me on the Vertical Farming Podcast. Hello, Harry. I'm happy to be here and I'm glad for the invitation. So this is, uh, you're currently mobile right now and, and just for the benefit of the listener, you want to let people know where, where you're dialing in from? Correct. I'm in Leon, the center of Mexico. Okay. I'm traveling to Mexico City, actually. There's pretty interesting things happening in Mexico City, which is important because it's one of the biggest cities in the world. And uh, vertical farming definitely is happening there. We're uh, working on a couple of projects to make this happen in, in one of the biggest cities in the world. So that's why I'm tra- I'm in the road right now. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like, yeah, definitely. Like, a, obviously, the fact that you're on the road means that, that you've got a lot of things going on. So maybe just for the benefit of listener, people who don't know about Verde Compacto, can you give like just the, the 60 second overview of what, what it is that you do? Correct. So we're Verde Compacto. We're the first vertical farming technology company that was born in Latin America. We were born in 2016. From 2016 to 2019, we focused on developing technology for indoor vertical farming to make it more productive at a lower cost, to reach more people and to get more people uh, getting to the vertical farming business and the industry. In 2019, we entered the market with a product, we have a container farm called the Hofster. And uh, we now the Hopster, we have Hopsters operating in different parts of the world, Mexico, US, some islands in the Pacific Ocean. We're starting to open some opportunities in Europe. And also, besides only selling the container farms, since we developed our own technology, we are capable of doing customized projects for actual vertical farmer uh, operations, 
that they want to grow in a specific way. So we can customize the operation for them, make it the size they want and with the tools they need. And so basically that's that's what we've been doing. And right now we are uh, launching a new a new business line for Verde Compacto that we call it Verde Compacto Farms, which we are working with actual produce companies in the US and Mexico that they already have products in the retail sector. They're already selling products in the retail. And we are putting vertical farming operations into the product line. So uh, it's a little bit what we're doing right now and where we're going. So talk to me a little bit about your background, education-wise, early work experiences. Like, uh, how did you start to have an interest in this field? Yeah. So that's very, very that's a, it's a fun story. So basically, me and my partner, Jorge, we are cousins, uh, the co-founders. But since we were very, very young, we were very passionate about the environment. We were very close to the to the ecosystem. We went a lot to the outdoors, and we were very, very interested on on how to const- how to preserve our ecological resources around the world. So first, we started an organic fertilizer company back in 2010 with this objective to do business, but to make it sustainable, to make an impact in the world. Yeah. So we started that way. We started to get involved into agriculture by introducing our organic fertilizers. And we started to combine it with ecological or green energy supply projects. So that's how we started to get involved very closely to agriculture. And we started to see all of the problems that we are facing as humanity to grow our food. In the region we are in the center of Mexico is one of the biggest of the largest producers of, of vegetables and produce in Mexico. And it, it, it almost exports everything to the U.S. Almost 90% of the produce that it's grown here, it's exported to the U.S. So it's a very, very powerful industry here. But we were impressed that even though it's a technified sector, it's a very powerful sector, it's growing. But we but we are having water problems, water supply problems. We are having labor problems. So every time people have to come more from the south to come to, to the center of Mexico to make all the labor in the land, all of the risks we are seeing with different growers or farmers that they're losing a lot of pro- a lot of their production because of the unstable weather conditions that they, that there are so we started to see all of these problems and back in 2014 15 and and we were saying hey we are in, in the 21st century it's not there's must be something that is happening a new way to grow our food there, there needs to be something out there we cannot be it's, it's impossible that we are this we're growing it the same way as 20 or 30 years ago there must be something out there. That's how we uh, started to make some research on the trends, technology, where was the market going that on that time. And we found indoor vertical farming. And we found it in, um, that was happening a lot in, in Asia, in Europe, in the US, but there was nothing in Mexico. There was nothing in Latin America. And we say, hey, so there's a big opportunity to do it. And if we don't do it ourselves, somebody else will do it. No? And so that's how we started. And that's a little bit in the background. Myself, when we started Verde Compacto, I was in the university. I was studying mechatronic engineers. My partner, Jorge, he's an operation engineer. And uh, I have a master's degree on, on sustainable energy supply chains and, uh, and, uh, and an MBA on, uh, on management for agri-chain industry companies here in Mexico. And yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of the background and a little bit of the story. So, and you were studying in, in Mexico? Yes, I was studying in Mexico. And then I, I moved to France uh, for six months to do my master's. And then I came back here uh, to continue on, on our business and everything. Everything happened at the same time. 
where did this, you know, you talked about impact and you talked about this interest in, you know, sustainability. Is this something that you had as a passion early on? Is this something you remember as a child? Is this something that was passed through from your family? I'm just curious where that inspiration comes from. Yes, I think that was from early on. Since I was a child, as I told you, I, I was very, I liked a lot to be out in the in the woods to connect with with the environment with the animals. Uh, actually, instead of watching cartoons, I I watch all the time Discovery Channel and Animal Planet. <laughs> so since late nineties, beginning of two thousands, all of these people that uh, were important people on the on the envir- environmentalist, they were already talking about climate change, about impact, and how to preserve our, our environment. I remember a lot to see, for example, some animal species on, on forests that were lost because of human impact, you know? And uh, and yeah, I, I think since very, very young, we had that passion and, and, and a little bit of sense of responsibility that we had to work on something to keep our, our environment. Because at the end, if we don't have a, a healthy environment, we cannot have a healthy population because everything that we do and our lives depends on the environment. That's it. That's for true. That's a true story. But sadly, every time we are more connected into into our lives that are in focus on technology, or or we are very focused on our jobs, that we lose that side that we are still connected on the on the environment. You know, that's where our, our food comes from. That's where the air comes from. That's the water. How the the water uh, clean water comes from. So we have to transform our lives into having a more responsible or a more uh, sustainable to connect our lifestyles with preserving the environment if we want to have a healthy life for the future. So Juan, I was wondering, as you were getting the company started, like what were you seeing in Asia, Americas, Europe, or even what was happening in the States that convinced you that now was the time to get started with your project? Correct. So when we started to find out more about uh, vertical farming, we saw that there was a lot of companies starting to pop out in these different parts of the world you mentioned. Some companies, Sprite Farms, Aero Farms, Cropbox, Infarm. So a lot of these companies were starting to popping up. They were starting to raise a lot of capital and they were generating a lot of interest about it. And uh, I'm being here in Mexico in, in a part where uh, food production is part of our lifestyle and, and, uh, and we are a big, it's a big industry here. We were saying, hey, we need to have this here because we are food producers. And if we, if we want to compete in the following years in this industry, we need to update and innovate and be uh, challenges trends that, that are happening around the world. So, uh, so we were seeing that there was none of this happening around, not even in Latin America, not only in Mexico, but in the rest of Latin America. And, and we decided to go on and do it ourselves. We just had to raise our hand. Were you? Did you give any thought to partnering with maybe some of the U.S. companies that had gotten started? You, you, you did mention trade farms, and I've had John on the podcast as well. And I'm just trying to think about your mindset and how to think about like this is something that we can create, or would it be better if you know we partner with another company and they brought that technology in house or into Mexico? Yeah. Well, our yeah, our initial thought was okay. Let's partner with a, with a natural company and uh, let's bring this into Mexico. But the couple of conversations we had with some of the companies, they were not interested on, on looking to Latin America at that time. And it's understandable because you can understand it because the market was starting. It's a really early stage in the United States and in Europe. 
and in Latin America was brand new. So I think they, there was a lot to work to. Uh, th these companies had a lot to a lot of work to do in their in their actual markets. And uh, and after seeing that, uh, we decided to do it ourselves. So had you ever built or a team or a company of this size before? No, this is the biggest company. This is the biggest company for sure. Okay. And yeah, I think when you have innovation, when you have a purpose in your company and you are facing worldwide trend that is helping people change their lives and get better, I think there's a lot to grow. And, uh, and the food industry is, is one of the most beautiful things about it because there's no limits in the food industry. And it's an industry that we all depend on. And there's always opportunity to innovate and there's always opportunity to do better. So definitely, that's why we, this is the biggest company we've built so far. And I noticed some of the folks that you're that are on the team are family members. And so how do you as an as an owner think about who are the key people that you need on the team? How quickly do you hire them? Who do you bring in as a partner? What are the complementary skill sets that where you're stronger or someone else is stronger? I'm curious about that as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as an owner, how you think through that process. Well, yeah, that's a pretty interesting question, actually. For our hirings, we always look for the best talent. We like to promote and, and we believe in the youth, in the youth people collaborating with experienced business people. And, and that's what we've built. So we, our board of advisors and our partners, our investors, they're pretty experienced business people with a lot of years of experience in different industries. And combining that with new hires that just got out from the university combines perfectly experience with creativity and energy to go forward. because. After you, the people that work every day are part of our team, they come with new ideas. They don't come with an already, how do you say, a dirty, in the, in, the, in the good sense of the word, with a dirty mindset or with other practices that can maybe blind them out on making decisions, on bringing new ideas. And they have a lot of energy to bring up. And, uh, and this model has, has worked very good for us because we hire people from when they are in their final years of university uh, sometimes. Um, so they start from scratch a new position in the company and if they develop it if they work well and they develop this new position well they build their own future and they put the line up to their vision of how of where they want to get so this combining youth and young people with experienced business people has helped us move fast be creative and do a lot of things and now working in the family side I think, well, first, with my cousin, the relationship with Jorge, my cousin, the uh, co-founder, I think has helped a lot to understand ourselves better on different points of view, because the good thing about knowing ourselves uh, since we were kids is that we can understand ourselves better than anyone, and that we could have better motivations or, or motivations besides just making business. So we can understand that from each other in a good sense. And uh, he's pretty good operating. He's a great operator. He's very good getting things down to earth and get them going. I'm more, more into new ideas, new opportunities and how to build them. And, uh, so I think we, we combine that pretty well. And also in the company, there's also uh, my brother, another cousin that are, are working into bringing new projects here. And, uh, and this helps a lot because we're growing as a corporate company because we have external partners and investors, but bringing family members into the business, we see that they're training themselves so they can get better positions and better and new opportunities for the company in the future. And uh, with this level of, of confidence, of trust, and of understanding each other, 
I think we can generate a bigger platform to expand in the following years. So this is a little bit on, on the relationships between their team. I'm curious, Juan, what's been the need to provide education for people that you're partnering with your investors, even like the people that are you're hiring? I know in the States, part of the challenge with vertical farming is the availability of people to hire. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of talent out there specifically, and people are learning. Some of these positions are just being created for the first time. And so if we're having the problem here in the States, I imagine in Latin America, it's even more pronounced. Yeah, that's a industry problem or a challenge. That's not, I don't think that's original or it depends on whatever you are, but it's it's a reality in the, this industry and like any other industry that is it's just getting their first steps and, and is starting to grow as in the computing business or the internet business. So people need to, to learn their, themselves how to do things. And I think it's the same when, whenever you have a new industry. I think the most important thing, the most important thing here is to know where you want to go, have certain technical skills, but a lot of creativity and a lot of an open mindset, learn new things. And this way you can become an expert on your field. So that's why we like to hire just graduated people because they come fresh. They come with good technical skills. No bad habits. They come fresh. <laughs> no bad habits. That's a word. Yeah. And they go out to learn. Okay. They are hungry to learn new things and put their skills into work. And we found out a lot of a lot of people, young people, that they're starting to research on lights, on controllers, on, on nutrition, specifically for vertical farming. So, so all these curious people to learn more they find these companies a good platform to put this curiosity into work. And uh, so, so yeah, so, so it's a challenge that everyone in the industry needs to face. So talk to a little bit to people who may not be familiar with Verde Compacto and then how Hoofster is, came out of that. What are the current offerings right now for the company? Correct. So yeah, Verde Compacto is, is the name of the company and on the product we developed is called the Hopster, which is a, a container farm. And we designed the Hopster with the idea of making the most profitable farm or container farm out there because our goal is to bring more people into the vertical farming business. And that's how, how we work and operate. We like the Hopster be a motivation and a tool for people that want to get into the industry, but also being the technology developed by ourselves and the company, we are able to customize for the future technology applications for vertical farming to help grow actual vertical farming operations. So we are offering like both sides of the coin. So we bring the hopster to people that want to get into the market with an interesting price, with a very interesting productivity. So, so you, they can get better yields, better returns, better profit. We like to work very closely with each of our, of our new growers. We always help them whenever they start a new project, we help them in training them. We give them the right tools to operate the, the container farm the right way. We Once a farm is installed, for example, we send our experts right there on site. So to put the farm together, we tell them, we give them a, an agronomical training from theory in, until we do the first germination with them. We teach them how to give maintenance to the container. And then we, we are there for them one year with, uh, for free. Because we know that it's the time you normally get to start uh, breaking your learning cube. Yeah. Cube, and uh, and that way, all of our new farmers get all the support from our expert growers and from and expert technicians, so they can get the best out of the hopster. So that's the main idea of the hopster. 
that new people can get into the business. And now for actual vertical farming operations and growers, this is also a great product because, as I said before, these people already know, these farmers, they already know what they need in order to scale up. Like, for example, they already have great enough germination area for their operation. And what they need is just uh, more growing space. So we can build for them a container farm that is 100% productive. So they don't have to lose any space on germination, for example. So we can adapt to wherever, we can adapt the technology and the farms to suit whatever farmers needs. Or for example, they say, okay, my microgreen demand is growing like crazy. So we can adapt a hopster where it's maybe, uh, where we can uh, grow the microgreen area and reduce a little bit the vertical towers, for example. So it's a combination of opportunity being there for, for the farmers and grow together with them. What's been some of the reactions or the experiences for, with some of the early clients and, and some of the existing customers you're working with? Yeah. So first, of course, it's always the, the validation of the projects, right? As we said before, we need to educate. So learning from this, we, we started to change how to approach these new projects or new farmers. So in, before we even close a project, we help them validate their project or their business opportunity. So once they have the farm, they can actually put it to work and they can execute their plan, right? So that's why that's very, very important. That, that's one thing that we saw with our first uh, or their early clients. Like they, they need a, maybe a, some advice on how to structure their project, where to sell the product, what to grow, how to grow it, at what price could they sell it. So that's one thing. And the other thing right now for the new projects is, is just that I said, new people are asking for new type of farms let's say mushroom farms or strawberry farms or new applications for the farms. And this has been challenging us into accelerate our R&D to start bringing new solutions to the market and help these farmers grow their business. What's interesting one is that uh, you have first mover advantage. I don't know if anyone else in Mexico was doing the same thing, but there's something to be said for having first mover advantage and obviously learning and keeping an eye on what's happening in the States because you know there are... I mean, I've spoken to Andrew Carter from Smallhold, uh, the folks from Oishi Berry, <laughs> Hiroki from Japan, which he was doing an amazing things specifically with strawberries. I think there's a lot of opportunities to learn best practices and see, to your point, you have a different problem to tackle. Other, when you talk, we can start expanding beyond leafy greens. And it sounds like your team is up for that challenge and, and trying to adapt the hopster for different case studies, use cases. Exactly. And that's part of, of the learning. And that's that. those are the, let's say, that's a beautiful part when you're in a new industry where people, are, you are open-minded and your team needs to learn from scratch what to do because then they become experts on their field. And then you can start just changing some of the configurations of, or certain components, but you bring a new product out there because you already have all the knowledge in all your team. And I think this is this is one of the... This is thanks to that. So that's, that this result, this consequence is because of this challenging learning curve we have to develop as technology developers. And uh, yeah, and now one of the most important things that is coming up is how do we accelerate our R&D and new offerings or new configurations, new applications, but we also make it commercially feasible. And how do we bring it with new clients and how do we keep that track of helping them getting the best out of it. So that's also a challenge in that. Is part of the question that you ask yourself, how fast do you want to grow? 
Well, that's what that is what wake up, wakes up keeps you up keeps you up at night. Exactly, exactly. Because and that's very important because since again you're in a new industry, every day there's new opportunities coming up. And you need to stay focused. You need to stay focused on what you're doing because then there's a lot to do. Sometimes we get very excited for new opportunities and we have and wanted to grow fast. Sometimes you take them, but sometimes you get out of track, you know. So so that's very important in this industry to get focused on what you're good at and what, what your value proposition, how to increase it. And yeah, is grow fast, but grow smart as well. What's been the response from either the the city? I know you mentioned you're in Leon or even like Mexico itself, the country. Like, uh, and as, have you had conversations with any levels of folks in government to understand what subsidies, benefits, tax breaks, you know, because there's a, a big opportunity here and a lot of opportunity to grow and, and develop this new industry, not only in Mexico, but in Latin America, right? Correct. I'm wondering, you know, I'm sure you got a, a bunch of other things that, that are on your, that you wake up thinking about, but I'm just wondering if this is one of those things that, that has come up as well. Definitely, definitely. And this has been one of the challenges of being a pioneers in an industry because the government right now and the grants and all and everything is is designed to help traditional farmers and there's a lot to help them with. So for the government, there's a lot of priorities before thinking on vertical farming to be realistic. So saying this, we've talked to, to government and we started to approach them in a different mindset, just not only hey, give me grants or or but it's how can we get the best out of the technology in your programs that can help the actual growers in that case help them or farmers and help them grow instead of just giving them greenhouse or for example one program and one project that we started to work on is that the government normally has to deliver fresh food to small communities that are that are not communicated or don't have any supermarkets and uh and it's like uh here they call them the the food deserts food deserts exactly yeah. like the food deserts <laughs> yeah and in these people are are in a very sad situation and it's very they don't they are not in the best health conditions because they don't have a good nutrition and we are starting to develop a project for these food deserts so we put the container farms and we start creating a circular economy project bringing container mar- container farms here you get better food to the people you get you make them healthy yeah, being healthy, everything starts working. Then you give jobs there and they can grow their own food. So they, they, you create jobs, you create health, and you create innovation in these communities. So instead of just the government taking to these food deserts, is let's teach them and give them the tools on how they can grow them themselves. You know? So it's part of the challenges we're facing right now here. And yeah, we need to be very creative on how to push these priorities in the government to, to, to help this industry grow. Yeah, it seems like you have, it's not only a lot of the challenges that I've heard in my conversations with earlier, you know, founders that they're having here in the States where it's already been well-established, there's a clear path, there's a lot of different opportunities and, and different channels to grow into, but you have an additional challenge of educating a new region as to what the possibilities are. And then, uh, making a decision for yourself as the the co-founder how big you want to grow do you want to make a footprint obviously in mexico but are, do you have bigger plans to think about leveraging you know the common language and are there opportunities in central and south america for verde compacto oh yeah definitely definitely 
Definitely, there's a lot of every day. This is there's more awareness on on the vertical farming, and every day there's more people that are, are interested in, in starting a project on vertical farming, and in the rest of Latin America as well. We've been having a lot of interest in Brazil, in Argentina, in Chile, in El Salvador, in Colombia, in Mexico, in Honduras. So yeah, people are wanting to get involved into vertical farming. People are getting aware that we need to transform our food supply chain in order to have access to fresh food for in the future and keep the environment safe. So yeah, that's, there's a lot, to, a lot to do. Right now, of course, our plans yeah, grow our business in Mexico, in Latin America, but accelerate our growth in the actual, in the actual markets uh, such as Europe and the United States. We're actually, we already have some hopsters that are running right now in the United States. We have projects in Europe to expand an operation over there. And at the same time, we're generating a lot of noise in Latin America and the rest of the world. Because again, I think since, again, this is a new industry, a new industry, you start within a global industry, not only in a regional industry. So you, so whenever you are solving a problem that is a global problem, you get awareness from everybody. And that's been also a challenge, but it's also a motivation on how could we help the projects that also come in Africa, in Asia, even though we don't have operations there, you know. But yeah, our plans is to get vertical farming everywhere we can. Yeah, very, very ambitious plans and definitely uh, supporting your ability to do that. And definitely, like, I think there's a lot of hope for and promise for what, what you guys are going to be delivering. Just as we wrap up, just a couple more questions. When you think about the roadmap and what's ahead for the, the Compacto, can you talk a little bit about what what you have in you know maybe next twelve months? You know, obviously three three years is probably a long time in vertical farming. So maybe <laughs> let's just think about the next twelve months. Well, the next twelve months is to establish. We're developing some flagship projects that are taking the company in another level to start to being able to bring vertical farming to the rest of the world. One of them is is actually in Miami right now happening. It's a very interesting project where. I think it has the potential to be one of the leading vertical farming operations in the whole United States. And uh, being part of that, it's a pretty good challenge and, and a pretty good opportunity. But we are here to bring the exact solution that this operation needs. So this could be a good challenge for that. And so that way we would want to be part of, of being involved in a vertical farming operation in, in the United States. Also, we're starting a program as I said before, to go to Europe, we're starting to analyze partnerships to establish a good operation there and, and start, yeah, and, and be, have one foot inside the, the European continent, which is growing a lot as well. And of course, keep on pushing and keep on educating and keep on, on building the industry in Mexico and Latin America. So this is what comes for the next 12 months. And uh, it's a good challenge. But I think we're ready to face it. Well, Juan, I, I want to thank you for taking the time and working through all the technical challenges to get this conversation <laughs> <laughs> recorded. I know, I know. But here we are. Yeah, here we are. And I think what was important is to uh, make sure we tell the story of what you're doing with Verde Compacto. I had not heard of you guys. And, you know, obviously your team reached out to me and uh, I'm glad they did because I think I'm really inspired by your story and what you're doing and, and the additional challenges you face because you're in an, a new 
region where you're not only having to develop and build your program and your project, but also educate people at the same time as to, you know, you're offering a product that some people may not be familiar with and a, and a culture may not be familiar with because you say farm, you know, to someone um, in Latin America, and they're going to immediately think of like the physical farm. So yeah. And then there's questions about how does this taste? Is this coming from a machine? <laughs> you know, it's really, you have to, a lot of education. So I applaud what you're doing. Thank you. And I know you have a, a lot of work ahead of you, but I'm, I'm glad that we're able to get the word out. Thank you. Thank you. And, and here we are. I think all of the companies and all the stakeholders in this industry need to work together to push this forward. We, there's a lot to do. There's a lot to build. And uh, and we're pretty proud of Verde Compact to be part of that. And I really appreciate your time and, and your space to talk a little bit on how we are putting our effort into this new industry that is very, very important for the future of, of our food supply chain. So if folks want to learn more about Verde Compact, where's the best place to send them or to connect with you? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we, you are welcome to visit us in verdecompacto.com or in our social media in Verde Compacto, in Instagram or Facebook. Or just send me a direct email at juan.gabriel at verdecompacto.com and we can follow up the conversation. In YouTube, you can also search for Verde Compacto. We have some video tours of our container farms. We have a 360 tour as well where you can navigate. And we are happy to help on your projects, wherever you need. We're very happy to help you. Glad to see you have a, a strong social presence as well, because that's important nowadays. <laughs> yes, yes, very, very important. Very, very important. Thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it, Juan. No, thank you, Harry. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks again to Juan for coming on the show and sharing his story and the story of Verde Compacto. I never take for granted the hour that I get to spend with these amazing CEOs, founders, and visionaries of the world of vertical farming, and I'm so happy that I get to share them with you. Full show notes available at verticalfarmingpodcast.com. The team does a really bang-up job of giving you a nice recap of the episode, timestamps, any resources mentioned, quotes as well. So so let's make sure their work is not in vain, verticalfarmingpodcast.com. And share it with a friend as well. Next to our season five title sponsor, Cultivated. If you are looking into a vertical farm and don't know where to start or which technology would suit your needs, reach out to them today. And best of all, their service is free because they continue to work on behalf of their partners. Learn more at cultivated.com, and that's spelled C-U-L-T-I-V-A-T-D.com. Just leave out that last E. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. If you want to learn more about how a podcast can support your marketing needs for your business, visit fullcast.co. As a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, Leave us a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash VFP, and we'll be sure to read those out on future episodes. Tune in next week for my round two conversation with John Purcell, CEO of Unfold. We share some of the insights from his recent visits to Indoor AgCon and another update on what's happening from the wonderful world of plant genomics. John never disappoints, so make sure you tune in for that one. Okay, back in the saddle. Until we meet again, here's to your health. Thanks for listening. To read the full show notes for this episode, which includes any links mentioned in the episode, as well as a full show transcription, visit verticalfarmingpodcast.com. There, you can sign up for our email list to be notified when new episodes are published.